Welcome and thank you for joining us. At Worship Harvest, we believe that we are a movement of the gospel, discipleship, and mission. And we are committed to catalyzing spiritual, social, and economic renewal in our immediate communities, and as a result, the world. Here is this week's teaching. Hey, so, we, the year has begun, for real. I don't know if you're like me. You're like, is it real? Have we started? Are we still in the old year? It's the new year. And it, it, the reality will hit you sometime, hopefully, in January. That it's the new year. <laughs> that we are not in November. I'm telling you, the, the way I've been interacting with people, the, you get a sense that some people have not yet crossed over properly. But it's the new year and things are happening. And this year we are embracing revival. Yeah. There's been lots of testimonies, rather prophecies, about revival in our times. Yesterday we hosted here Pastor Robert Kayanja. Yeah. And he was talking about a prophecy by William Seymour in 1910 when he said that in a hundred years there would be a revival that would be everywhere. Now what happened, William Seymour was the, one of the people, but really the primary person behind the Azusa Street Revival. The Azusa Street Revival has totally, completely changed the world and the church. Yeah, if you've not read about it, the reason you probably speak in tongues is because of Azusa Street Revival. Yeah. These guys, they, they touched something. They touched something. And the world has never been the same. In the last 110 years, by the time of the Azusa Street Revival, the people who described themselves as Pentecostal charismatic also could speak in tongues and practice the gifts were a handful. There were so few left, especially in the Western world. There, there were some in Russia and some of those parts, and of course Americans, when they write their, their books, they think the whole world is America. So they, they don't talk a lot about those, but in terms of the Western world, which has influenced all of us, there were hardly any people left. Even when William Seymour went to Los Angeles, even he himself couldn't speak in tongues. And then they started praying, and this thing broke out. And in the last 110 years, the people who describe themselves as Pentecostal charismatic has grown from almost a handful, like maybe like 40, 50 people left, to more than 700 million. Pentecostalism, oh, the move of the Holy Spirit, if you like, because sometimes when you label it, there are other negative things that come with the labels, is the fastest growing movement in history. In history. There has never been anything like it. Anything. In history. Even faster than the original movement of Christianity in the book of Acts and those early years. This has been the fastest growing movement in history. More than 700 million people in 100 years. And the curve is just going up. 
it's going up as people continue to seek God. Now, typically what happens is that all these good things happen in places and then people become complacent. People get used to it. And we stop doing the essentials. And it dies out. So it keeps coming up in different places. That's how it works anyway. Because God is God cannot be limited by our disobedience. We think he can, but he will find someone else who is obedient. And then that person will pick it up. So anyway, William Seymour, even though that revival lasted only three years, 1906 to about 1910, he said in 100 years, something like that would happen, but it would be happening everywhere. People like that revival, people had to travel to Los Angeles to experience it. But he said it will be everywhere. Hey. Wow, I feel like I'm in a lecture hall. You're paying attention. So he said it will happen everywhere. And so people have been looking at that prophecy and saying, where, where, what's going on? But it's happening. <laughs> it is already happening. Yeah, I told you that every time we've described to people what we have been experiencing at worship service, they tell us that's what they call a revival. Like, oh, okay. So it is happening. And so uh, Pastor Benny Hinn prophesied in 2019, he was preaching in Ghana, that a, a, major, a big time revival would break out in Uganda in 2022, which is this year. But like I was telling the people at New Dawn Camp, God loves us so much because for us, here at Worship Palace, God didn't wait for us to get into 2022. He started bringing it earlier from the tail end of 2020 throughout 2021. What we've experienced, according to people who are much more intelligent than me and educated, they say it's called a revival. Now, of course, the revival, when you are in the midst of it, you don't know that it's a revival because it's your current normal. It's your current normal that 1,500 people get saved every week. Yeah, you, you think that's normal. <laughs> so, yeah, 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 yeah. Let's go and do evangelism more. <laughs> that's not normal. That's a thing of God. Only God can do the kind of things you're seeing in this church and now it's in other places. All of you have heard the story of Mpiji. Mpiji is like a pilgrim place. You go there, you come back, calling on Jesus, the Father, the Holy Spirit, everyone at the same time, and repenting. So it's not happening only here. We've see, it's now happening everywhere, everywhere in so many churches. I mean, we were here for New Dawn Camp, New Dawn Camp was for missional community leaders upwards in worship hours. People had to sit in the overflow over there because this place was full everywhere. Every seat was taken. These are MC leaders. And this is not all. These are the ones from around Kampala. You, you can't compute that. Like These are leaders. Every one of those people represented 
on average, 10 to 15 people they lead. Everywhere. Think about that. That's called a revival. So the revival, the Bible says, do not despise prophecies. Why? Because if the prophecy you believe is a prophecy you experience. So don't despise prophecies. The revival that Pastor Benihim prophesied is already here. It's already happening. People are being saved, reconciled, healed, restored, deployed. Hey. So, that's what's going on. So there's this thing we've been talking about, about embracing revival, embracing revival, embracing revival. And in the coming weeks, we'll be talking about praying, preaching, pastoring, and planting as a way of embracing and sustaining revival. But, and I was supposed to start today, but as I was thinking about it yesterday evening, I started thinking, that's the wrong place to start. Yeah. Yeah, to st- where I wanted to start is the wrong place to start. Before, because when you say you're going to pray, you're going to preach, you're going to pastor, and to plant. Those are stages, right? From the book of Acts, they prayed, and the Holy Spirit came, and Peter preached, and then they became a church which needed to be pastored, and then they started planting churches to multiply. So it makes so much logical, sequential sense until you realize that it doesn't start there. It starts with Jesus. Yeah. Because if we start with what we do, we will think it is what we do that makes it happen. But it doesn't start with what we do. Give me Ephesians 2.20. Ephesians 2.20 says, Having been built up on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. So if we start with ourselves, it's a matter of time before we fail. Part of the problem that happened to the East African revival is that portions of it coalesced into religious monuments. Where it was now about do's and don'ts and rules and hairstyles and dressing styles and what? Hmm? Like Paul writes to the Galatians, have you begun in the spirit? Are you now going to be accomplished by the flesh? So by the time the tail end of that revival reached some of us whose parents were bazukufu, being saved, Obulokole was about hair, dress, eh? what else? Nails, the, totally the absence of color, life, joy, or anything that looks like that. It was about now regimented Christianity. Now those things, they look wise on the outside, but they lack the power inside. And the spirit, 
The letter kills, but the spirit gives life. Yeah, that's Second Corinthians chapter 3, right? The letter kills, but the spirit gives life. So you can start well like we have in worship harvest, doing all the things, praying, evangelizing, which is the preaching, starting missional communities, which is the pastoring, planting churches that deploy missional communities to do prayer and what? And preaching, and we can lose the plot in the process by becoming the most legalistic, regimented, annoying, ungracious, name it people. So we always have to keep finding that, that the, the true north to say, what is this all about? So I, to this morning, even as we go into season 21, I want us to start on the foundation, the chief cornerstone, who is what? Jesus, because it's not about all the fasting, it's not all about the prayer, all those are actions of faith that are a response to his grace. And Romach says that faith is our positive response to what God has done by grace. Are you with me? Now, when I'm talking about Jesus, I expect more excitement than that. Even when you're hungry. So, <laughs> so Paul writes to the Colossians in that book, Colossians chapter 1, and there's a very interesting portion there from verse 19 that I want us to look at. Verse 19. Can we shout it together? For it pleased the Father that in him all the fullness should dwell. Who is him? Jesus. Jesus. Ah. Think about it. It says, it pleased the Father. That's the only authority above him. That in him, all the fullness should dwell. Now, of course, that sounds quite complicated like what is fullness mm. what is this fullness thing the more I looked up, up at it <laughs> I saw very interesting things look at Colossians 2 in the next chapter verse 9 and 10 it says for in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily bodily like all of God who is invisible, immortal, invisible, God only wise, <laughs> the, the, the visible, hmm. the, when God wanted people to be able to see him and say, okay, this is how he behaves. This is how he treats people. This is how he practices etc. He invested all of himself in the person of Jesus. So essentially, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John is what God would be like if he were a human being. Are there people? <laughs> in him huh, dwells all the fullness 
of the Godhead bodily. But he says something very interesting in verse 10 that is going to take me to the other scripture. I'll show you that will probably blow your mind as much as it blew mine. I nearly said blowed. Thanks, Pastor B3. And you are... <laughs> and you are what? Now, think about it. What's the relationship? They are talking about the fullness of the Godhead dwelling in him bodily. Now, why, why, why is the next... And there's a conjunction and meaning that two are related. What is it, this thing of us being complete in him? What does our being complete in him have to do with? It? Yeah. Now I want you to have some imagination. It's necessary, especially today, that this is Jesus here. Not me. I'm just, where my hands are, whatever. In. Yeah? yeah? Jesus. Son of God, son of man. That if God is coming from these ends, the Godhead bodily is invested in, in Jesus. So that when you see Jesus, because you can't see God, you are seeing all of God is, is in there. Now, here, here's the other not problem, it can be a an intellectual problem, but let's assume it's not. Go to Ephesians 1, 23-23, and then we see how it works. And he put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. So on one side, all of God is being invested in him. On one side, all of the church Now, that's how you and I become children of God. Because we are part of his body. He says, which is his body that feels all in all. That's why he says we are complete in him. What makes us complete in him is that all of God is invested in him of, of whom we are a body. So we can't be lacking in anything when all of God That's why it says in John 1.16, and of his fullness, we have all received and grace for grace. <laughs> wow. That will put a new wrinkle in your brain if you're not careful. My goodness. Oh, like, yeah, like you see a person walking around like this. As long as they're in Christ, as long as they're in Christ, they are lacking nothing. Yeah. All the deficiencies in their life are deficiencies of knowledge and revelation, not availability of things. When you enter a room and you can't see the stuff in the room, it's because you haven't switched on the light. Once you switch on the light, suddenly you see that there is a bed. The light didn't create the bed. The bed was there before you switched on. All the joy that might be missing in your life is not because there is no joy in your life. You just haven't switched on the joy light. Ah. Uh, yeah. 
Ah. All the peace that might be lacking in your marriage, it's not because there is no peace in your marriage. You just haven't switched on the peace light. And I know what I'm talking about because I know how to be in turmoil in a marriage almost constantly and how to be in peace almost constantly. And the difference is wonderful. <laughs> no, 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 no. You don't get that by changing the spouse. No. No, 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 no. Don't think you'll be happier when you move on to someone else. No. You get that by changing what you know. Revelation, a right sign for your light is come and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. Your light, your revelation, your knowledge is come. That's what's responsible for your rising and shining. It's not about AM, PM. Okay, that can qualify for a joke for those who are awake. I'm preaching better than you're listening. As we start embracing this revival, I want us to really, really be convinced about the absolute necessity of being rooted in Christ and what he has done and his goodness and that all these things are simply our response to what he has already done of his fullness we have received. Come on. What? In him dwells all the fullness God but you are complete in him. Mm. So that's Jesus. The scriptures before this one, which we didn't read, are those hectic ones. He's the image of the invisible God, firstborn of our creation. Through him, all things we are created. What they first paint a picture of this dude. Yeah? Then they say, now you are in him, you are complete in him, he's in us. I'm like, no, 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 no. Please, let's get serious. Do you know the sun? The sun that you watch up there in the sky? See the sun bursting through the clouds. If the sun was a basketball, do you know basketball? We can use football for those who are confused. Yes, when I say football, you'll bring your version. Because some of you, your version of football, <laughs> it's VIE football, so it's like this, you know. So. Yeah, but I've never seen people innovate with a basketball. It's either a basketball or a basketball. So imagine a basketball. Hmm? A whole basketball. You see a basketball? If that were the sun, if that were the sun, the earth, have you ever eaten cow peas? Peas, cow peas. You don't know cow peas? They are greenish. Cow. The earth would be a cow pee. Sun, basketball, earth, cow pee. And the distance between the sun and the earth would be, this is where that loud speaker is, the last one there. Yeah? And that white pillar. And now do you see the other white pillar? That would be the distance between the cow pee and the basketball. And you and I live on the cow pee. And we are a small entity in the larger scheme of things. Uh, not we, the cowpea, the, the basketball, the cowpea, all the other small peas all over the place. We are a 
tiny entity in the larger scheme of things of galaxies. It is now the guy who created that. Yeah. Is the one you carry around in your spirit. So what you're lacking is nothing. You're just lacking the knowledge, the revelation of him whom you possess. Him whom you carry. Yeah, that's the one. So that when he says I've forgiven you, it, it doesn't matter who else is beefing against you. <laughs> All the beefers who are beefing against you, they are occupants of the cowpea. Yeah, cowpea club. CPC. And the one who created the whole thing says, I've forgiven you. Tell them, go to the cowpea. So, you... <laughs> when the one who created the whole thing says, I love you, says, God is love. When he says, I love you, and then someone else says, I don't love you, like, <laughs> What, what? You don't love me. And uh, does it really matter? Just tell them you are just on a cowpea. And they will not even understand what you're talking about, which is even better. So that it remains a mystery to them what you mean. You know those people who abuse you and you wonder what the abuse was, but you keep thinking about it for two weeks. Please don't go around abusing people. I'm just trying to give you language for a very hectic thing going on with you that you are probably not aware of because you're too focused on the school fees that's wanted tomorrow and the rent that you have to pay and I don't know whatever else, the boyfriend who chucked you. You're, you're, there's too much going on. COVID. Oh, my crony. Too much going on that we have lost focus of the, this other person. This person, Jesus. Hey. Let's continue in Colossians, verse 20. Wow. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. For by and by together, and by him, uh-huh, to reconcile all things to himself by him whether things on earth or things in heaven, having made peace through the blood of his cross. By him to reconcile all things, not just people. Can you imagine? By Jesus, God is reconciling even nature. Yeah. Cockroaches. Reconciled. I know uh, that doesn't sound correct if you run dug and braggart, but the idea is all things, all things, reconcile all things. One time I was attending a conference and this guy started preaching from Genesis and he opened my eyes to things that I had never seen in the scriptures about the fall when Adam and Eve ate the fruit. You know, there were four types of separations. Four types of separations. The first one was a separation from God they realized they couldn't trust God. So he says, we had you in the garden and we hid because we were afraid. Since when did 
afraid came into the picture. So they were separated from God. The second degree of separation is separation from self. Now that's the one most people don't reconcile with. The stuff you don't like about yourself. You look in the mirror, you try to push the thing back, but it's insisting on, on staying the way it is. <laughs> now don't look at me like I don't know what I'm talking about. Almost every human being has self-doubt about something. Yeah, that's separation from self. We, we realize we are naked. Yeah. We, and we are ashamed. Shame is, is that separation from... The, the, we, how, think about it. You are, you are the only you available. Yeah? How can the only you available be ashamed of you? Where does that come from? Like, how does that ring? How do you be ashamed of yourself? If you're ashamed of yourself, where will you go? Yeah, because the problem with shame is that you are one person. You can't separate you from you. Yeah. It's just that my time is up, but I'll have gone into details. Yeah. Hey. Every person struggles with shame, except maybe Donald Trump. That's the only one I've seen online that's like, this guy. Wow. <laughs> there's a problem with the way he's wired. It's like, like, come on, can we, please, yeah. But the rest of us, you, when they tell you to write down your strengths, your list will always be shorter than the weaknesses until someone prevails upon you to say, write more. Yeah, I know. If I tell you, write down your weaknesses, whoa, wait. Okay, write your strength, one paragraph. Where does that come from? Separation from self. Naked and ashamed. And then the third is separation from others. The bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh had now become the woman you gave me. Gave me to eat. Yeah, the woman you gave me. I wonder in what week of your marriage she became the woman as opposed to during the, we, we, uh, the wedding on the wedding dates on oh, no, my palms flesh on my face pictures you are drooling the best man is just has a hunky just down here to make sure the stuff doesn't get onto the suit <laughs> wow yeah. And now that woman. That woman. <laughs> and, and it takes different amounts of time to reach there. Mm. For some people it's a few weeks, others a few years, others a few hours. Yeah. 
in a few hours you have stuff happening. But that's in there. And then there's separation from everything else. Because the ground, God said, will now not yield fruit, except through sweat, to be thorns and thistles. And so when, when the Bible is talking about to reconcile all things, it's not just reconciling you and I to God, it's all those reconciliations. Glory is the opposite of shame. The glory of the Lord is risen upon you. That when you look in the mirror, regardless of what part is hanging where, you are like, you're reconciled. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm preaching better than you're listening. Yeah. And reconciliation with one another. There is no longer, I am of Paul, I am of Apollos, you are this, you are Musoga, you are Mnyankole, you are Nge, Kenyan, Ugandans, whatever. We, white, black, yellow, pink, we find, uh, you know, it. Human beings, we are funny. We, because of our fear, we are always coalescing to people who are as close to, to our likeness as possible, so we form a coalition against others. So we find that two Ugandans, they fight and hate each other because they are from two different tribes. It doesn't happen a lot in Uganda because we are too many tribes, so you would have to sustain too many fights. One of the blessings of Uganda is because we are so many tribes, it's impossible for us to have intertribal fights because we are many. The countries that have struggled in that area are the ones that have two or three. You probably didn't know that, but you can pretend like you knew it. So, so you find someone is fighting again because they are different tribes. And yet, the same people, if they find each other in Russia, where they are the only two Ugandans, regardless of what they are now best friends. Because now it's the two of you against the Russians. Yeah, and then you find Ugandans beefing against Nigerians. Now there you raise the stakes. You're like, okay, we are now we are Ugandans, Nigerians. And then when you find that Nigerian in Russia, now they are, we are brothers. We are brothers. So us Africans against the Russians. So don't be convinced about whatever category they've placed you. Yeah, those are human constructs. And so Jesus has come to reconcile all things. Hey. All things. Now all things of God, Second Corinthians 5.18. My time, my time, Lord. What happened to my time? Now all things of God who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ that has given us the ministry of reconciliation, which that is that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them. In other words, the sins are there. He's just not counting if you're in Christ. The sins are there. He's just not counting if you're in Christ. 
That's also how marriage works. The sins are there. She's just not counting if you are married. Hey. Okay. Now, verse 21, 22. 21, 22. I'm going to give it a shot. I'm going to try. I'm really going to try. And you who were once alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now he has to say, let me deal with it as we go. He says, you who once were, that means long, long ago, you are no longer alienated. You once were alienated. I, I know what it means to be born again, serving God, preaching, and feeling alienated from God. One of the tricks the devil uses is he'll give you the never enough syndrome. Whatever you do, you will feel it wasn't enough. You prayed, but it wasn't enough. You read the Bible, it wasn't enough. Um, because of new dawn and all that's been going on, I'm already like four or five days behind schedule on my Bible reading plan for the year. Yeah, that can also be a point of not enough. Hey. You lead two people to Christ, says why wasn't it three? Ah. Am I talking? I'm, I'm trying to restore some joy to you. Like joy of salvation. By telling you, even as we do all these things, let's not forget. Let's not forget who whose it is and what it's about. That's why that's how it will be sustainable for generations. When we always refer back and say, even the little that I'm doing, it's because he is the one doing it in me. Amen. So it says you who once were alienated. And it says, and enemies in your mind. The enmity is in your mind. He says, enemies by wicked works. You do something bad, and because you've done something bad, you conclude in your mind that God has beef for you. The beef is in your mind. Meet it. The beef is, okay. The beef is in your mind. God has no beef. You've come up with it. Thank God I no longer borrow money. But those who are still in the world of borrowing, there is a way in which you start behaving towards the person who lent you the money. Yeah. That's why I advise you, if someone wants to borrow money from you, send them to have a small purpose cooperative. There are systems there. Because you lose the money and the friendship. I, look, I did it so many times. So once you borrow money, the ground shifts. Yeah. We can't look at each other the same way. Glow. Even when I say something, you'll be like, I know why he's saying that thing. No, really. It's not why I'm saying it, but in your head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You hear an example in a sermon. I know, I know, I know, I know. Enemies in your mind. It's in the mind. So, most people think God walks around with a baseball bat 
because of the bad things that it's in your mind. Yeah. God is like which bat? Enemies in your mind by wicked works. Yet now he has reconciled. Let's, let's go ahead. And verse 19. That is that God, no. In the body of his flesh through death. Now this is the part I like. Uh-huh. To what? To present you. Who is presenting? Are you done presenting yourself? But why are you guys? Okay. Now I know you guys are fasting. Yeah. I now know you guys are fasting because I've never experienced this level of energy in this service. Yeah. So thank you. Yeah. Now, please, work up some little energy for a response to someone. I promise you, it's just one someone today, and then we'll be gone. <laughs> uh, to what? To present you holy. Who presents Jesus? To present you holy and blameless and above reproach in his sight. He's the one who presents. Let me give you a comparative verse so that you think about it, Ephesians 5, 25 to 27, husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word, uh-huh, that he might present her to himself, a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing. So who does the presentation? Jesus. Jesus. He does the presentation. He presents you holy. Ah. Now, you, when you look at yourself, you're like, definitely not. But for him, <laughs> yeah. Thank God you are not the presenter. Thank God you are not the presenter. Because you'd present all of us badly. This one, no, 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 no. Wait, wait, wait. Yeah, but for him, he presents us holy with blameless, take me back, Colossians, above reproach in his sight. Thank God it is in his sight. Yeah. When he's done presenting and it is in his sight. Yeah. Ah. Pastor B3, Pastor Angela, better be coming up here and like now because the time is real up for real now. Next verse. Take me to verse 23. If indeed you continue in the faith, grounded and steadfast and are not moved away from the hope of the gospel which you heard, which was preached to every creature under heaven of which I became a minister. If you are not moved away from that, Faith. Ladies, can someone put an announcement on radio for Pastor Bethany and Pastor Angela? If you're what? If you continue faith, this, this is very important, this part, okay? This part is important. All that stuff Jesus has done is not beneficial if you turn away from it and, and don't receive it. That's why we must continue the faith. If I try to give you money and you don't receive it, you're going to continue being broke even when the money is available to you. So this great stuff God has done for us in Christ 
must be received by faith. And that is the gospel. The gospel is grace being responded to by faith. That God has done too much and is inviting us to receive it. I remember that day a gentleman called me and told me, God told me to give you my car. I, at that time, I didn't even know how to drive. You know, they give you a car, you, don't, you have to go with someone to drive it for you. It's, that's grace. That car, that is grace. I mean, like, me, me, how did I qualify? I'm not a relative, I'm not a friend, I'm not anything, but God told me to give you my car. That is grace. What was the right thing for me to do? Huh? To go get the car. Even though I couldn't drive, I had to go with someone who can drive. That is faith. Faith without works is dead. How if I had called him and said, Oh, thank you so much. I receive it. And then continued using the taxi and never went to pick the car for months. It's a lot. Would, would that have been real faith? No. Real faith is not ascending, assenting with your mind. Oh, you gave me a car. Thank you. Thank you. I receive it. People would have seen me continuing to walk and using taxi, even though I have a car, but it is still parked at the gentleman's what? Compound. Real faith was going to pick the car, learning to drive the car, and enjoying the car. Amen. Pastor Bithri, help us to. Wow. Can we appreciate Apostle Mose for the word? I'd like us to respond this morning to a word on the grace of God. Jesus. Sometimes we get caught up in what we can contribute and we forget what God has done. And that that's the foundation of everything we will ever do is a response to what Jesus has done for us. So this morning I'd like first of all to invite anyone here if you've never met Jesus, your Lord and Savior, maybe you've thought that you need to first clean up your act, first become a good person, first become better, first make something right, and yet it is Him who reconciles us to God and presents us without any effort of our own. He presents us holy, blameless, and above reproach in the sight of God if we receive His life and receive his love, which he offers freely today through Jesus Christ. So if you're here today and you've never had the opportunity, or you've had it and you've been scared or you've overthought it, to make Jesus Lord of your life, today is the day of your salvation. And as everyone else is praying right now, I'd like to invite you, if you're here today and you've never met Jesus Lord of your life, and you want to make that decision today, please put your hand up. 
Just say today I want to receive this love you're talking about. I want to receive this reconciliation. I want to walk away from shame. I want to walk away from the pain of the guilt of just living without God. Would you put your hand up today? We want to welcome you to the family of God in this room, in any room across worship harvest, wherever you're watching home. Just put your hand up. Just put your hand up and there'll be someone to come where you are to pray with you. Just say, Lord, today I say yes to Jesus. I say yes to his love. I say yes to his grace. No fear. There's no fear in love. Just put that hand up and say, yes, I receive Jesus today and that love you're talking about as my Lord and my Savior. Just go on, the rest of us just praying in the spirit right now as we continue to say thank you, God. Someone you're receiving healing even right now, deliverance from addictions right now is happening in this room because you've held on to guilt, but guilt does not lead to freedom. It is receiving the love of God that leads to our freedom. So go ahead and lean in right now. But if you're here, I'll ask one more time. I thank you, Jesus, for all the hands that are going up in our locations, our hosting centers, our homes, everywhere, Lord, we thank you. Could just put your hand up if that is you. Thank you, Jesus, for this young man that has said yes to you right here, right now. If you're clapping, clap. Be committed to that. Celebrate with Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Is there anyone else this morning here in Worship Harvest Nalia? All right, we're going to pray. I'd like us to pray this prayer and just receive Jesus in your heart. Welcome. Welcome to the family of God. So we are going to pray and just repeat this simple prayer after me. Say, Lord Jesus, today I receive you as my Lord and Savior. Take my life and do something significant with it. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If you've prayed that prayer, you have just received Jesus in your life. Let us know if you're online. The number to send a message to is 0775 Let us know that you have received Jesus. Here at Nelia, can we celebrate with our brother who has received Jesus this morning? And I just sense that there's healing for marriages, as Apostle was teaching this morning, that as you receive that love of God, the unconditional love of God, then you'll be able to give unconditional love to your spouse. So receive the grace to be loved and to love freely in your marriage this morning. Praise the Lord. Praise Him. There's healing happening in the room today. I get the sense that there's someone whose mother is at home and they have a, a wound on their leg. So I command healing to your mother right now in the name of Jesus. I declare that that wound is being healed and the root of what is causing wounds. There's been just wounds coming up, wounds coming up. The root of that, the reason there's a wound is going right now in the name of Jesus. Amen. God is healing teeth, teeth problems, teeth problems, um, sensitivity, holes, pain, 
um, someone had made an appointment to do a root canal, I command alignment to your teeth right now in the name of Jesus. Someone has been having like headaches when you try to look up and to the side around your eyes. May that pain go away in the name of Jesus. Someone here has a heart issue or you know someone with a heart issue. God is restoring that heart. I say no to palpitations. I say just no to breathlessness like when you're walking. Your heart works well. You can walk long distances. You can't do the 10,000 steps that you've said yourself. You had said, no, 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 I can't do the 10,000 steps because of my heart. No, I command your heart to work well in the name of Jesus. Be free. May you laugh loudly. May you run long distances. May you walk 20,000 steps. Someone's lungs, someone's lungs. I see a, a picture with the, the, the lungs and there's a blackness inside. I command wellness to your lungs. I declare that your lungs work, work well. You breathe well. I say no to any cancerous anything that might have been trying to form in your system and I declare that you are well in the name of Jesus. Heavenly Father, thank you for whatever, whatever ailment might be in the room and whoever is watching online. Thank you because by your stripes you are healed. Amen. And right now we take our position as children of God and take on healing in the name of Jesus. Healing of our minds, healing of our bodies, healing of our backs, just healing legs, arms, livers, lungs, stomach. Someone has been having stomach issues. You, you eat and then you're, you're trying to eliminate food from your diet. Your stomach is well in the name of Jesus. Eat the food that God is giving you to eat. I command wellness to hearing, eyes, hair. I command wellness. Thank you God for the gift of healing. Thank you because by your stripes we were healed. We, we rebuke the enemy and we chase the spirit of infirmity out of worship harvest in the name of Jesus. And we continue to declare that we are a disease free zone and if any sickness tries to find its way, I command an outbreak of healing, an outbreak of healing right now in the name of Jesus. Thank you Lord. Wow. Can you let me appreciate the Lord Jesus across the different locations for his goodness, for his grace, for his mercy. Father, we thank you for the unspeakable gift of Jesus. Thank you that today our focus is on him. Even as you call us into mission, even as you call us to reach out, even as you call us to prayer, to fasting, to fast fruits, to all these things, to plant churches, we know that it is because of him. Yes. For in him we live, move, and have our being. So we praise you. We thank you. May our eyes never be taken off. Jesus, as we look unto him, the author and finisher of our faith. Even as we conclude this service, we thank you for your word. We know it will bear much, much fruit. Yes, Lord. Amen. Amen. Friends, may God bless you. May he cause his face to shine on you. May he give you peace. And may you experience all his fullness in the different parts of your lives. Amen. 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 And have a lovely week. Thank you for listening to this teaching. We hope that you've been blessed by the Worship Harvest Sermon Series. 
For more teachings and other resources, visit www.worshipharvest.org or call 0393-281-555. That is 0393-281-555. Taking territory.